Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Welcome, welcome. Hey, what's up? What are we talking about tonight? Today, we're going to talk about the moon, bases on the moon, its connection with the SSP. We wanted to do a, a moon episode a while ago, and we had different intentions. And then I think it was last week, Jamie, you said, we need to do another episode on the moon. Yeah, so this is kind of like our moon 2.0 version. You know, we talked about a lot of the theories about what's going on with the moon. In this episode, we're going to strictly kind of save it for what is going on on the moon in regards to the secret space program. And I wish I didn't have to say this because I feel like at this point, if you've been listening to this podcast, you should already know this. This is just what goes around in the UFO alien community. Am I no way saying this is what is there for sure? This is what I believe. This is just what's out there. It's the overall consensus and what's being talked about. When we go to these conferences, this is a lot of what they're talking about. So that's what we're going to mention here today for the sake of our SSP series. Yeah, you know, we're talking about this is information from, you know, whistleblowers and experiencers and things like that. We have to take all of it with a grain of salt. We've never been up there to see the moon ourselves and to look at what's up there. So we're going to go off of what all of these people who, you know, claim to be a part of the secret space program and what they see going on up there. And I think we can even talk about how maybe we believe some of it and not all of it, because a lot of the stuff we talk about, I mean, it's sort of agreed upon, but we don't necessarily believe everything. We just bring it to you guys. This is just what we hear. I think as just like a policy going forward, we should just say we believe leave half of the things we talk about. I like that policy. You know what I mean? That's going to irritate a lot of people because it already does. Yeah. Which to me is just so stupid. I feel like it had to be said. We believe half of the things we talk about. We obviously have our own theories and our own ideas of what we think is really going on. But again, we haven't seen a lot of these things with our own eyes. So it's our own theories. But we don't want to just talk about the things we think are real or the things that we believe in. We want to talk about the majority of people who are talking about these kind of things, what their ideas are about it and bring it to you guys and see what you guys have to say about it. Excellent point. So let's start off. Brie, blast me off to the moon. You need that sound effect, like a... (laughs) The one that doesn't sound like a bong. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. So throughout this series, we have been talking about the origins of the secret space program and how it basically began with the Nazis and their involvement leading into Antarctica and then how that sort of morphed in with NASA. So the Germans were the leading edge of space development. And if they were to continue on with their plan to be off planet and on the moon, then they would be the first people to basically settle there. So what's overall known with the secret space program is a base on the moon that's called the LOC, and that is the Lunar Operations Command. I feel like they should add an O on to the end of it, like observatory or something, so we can call it LOCO. Oh, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going going up to Loco, guys. Going Loco. A lot of this does come from Corey Good, but there are many other whistleblowers that do talk about this. Corey has a story that I think is very well known, but even with John Lear, who we've talked about before as well, 
He says that we've had this technology to be on the moon since the 1950s. And so we've already established that base since the 1950s. And, you know, Corey Good is a very controversial figure. And the reason we're, you know, mainly sticking to the points that he's talking about is because a lot of these other whistleblowers has verified his story and they verified each other's stories. Whatever you th- issue you might have with him or, you know, you might think he's batshit crazy or everything he talks about is completely true. We want to put all of that really aside for now because we just want to focus on the story because it is confirmed by other people who have been whistleblowers in the secret space program. So the story goes that the 1930s to the 1940s, the Germans were able to leave planet and build a base on the moon, which they established as the LOC, the Lunar Operations Command. And within this Lunar Operation Command, there are different zones of it. It also goes many, many levels deep. Are we talking moon dulce here? I think moon dulce on crack. Ooh. So would it be like all the Disneyland's on planet Earth mushed together in one base? (laughs) Exactly, because it gets pretty crazy. They land there, they create a base, but then they realize that there is already remnants of a base there. There's ancient ruins everywhere. Mm -hmm. So they pretty much build on top of this already existing base, expanding it. And then when United States got involved with the whole Operation Paperclip and the whole shaking hands thing that we've talked about so much, when we got involved and we head over there, things really started expanding. It has expanded to the point where there are many different nations and also races that are there on this base that's scattered around. The purpose of the LOC really started off as an air traffic control This would be the area where they plan and they schedule flights to and from. Mm -hmm. And it would almost think of it as like a... um, Like it's a lighthouse? It's your pit stop between Mm. other worlds and ours, which would make sense because obviously the moon is the closest thing here that you can land on on the dark side. No one's going to see what the hell is happening over there. So are you telling me that the moon is a 76 gas station where we could pick up beef jerky on our way to our final destination? Absolutely. Do they have an alien beef jerky, you think? Moon nuts. So what their job is to really monitor the different programs that are going on and schedule their flight in a way where they don't come across each other. So would you say that this is very much kind of like, you know, Houston's like NASA room that they have down there? You know, it's like the Houston, we have a problem kind of shit Mm -hmm. where it's like rooms of people slash aliens slash creatures hanging out, making sure everything's going smoothly. Absolutely. They have to keep up with all the traffic in the different space programs. So that's civilian, military, intelligence satellites. NASA, the secret military, other nations, so it's all SSPs. They're having to keep track of who's coming and going and at what time so they're not seeing each other because remember, this is highly compartmentalized. That also stands for different astronomical observations that we're making here or more civilian satellites now that the common person is getting involved with space. So it's pretty much having a schedule for everyone to be out there. So they're in control of who is seeing what at what time and what is being seen. 
I have a little bit of a technical question for you, because this sounds like a pretty big operation, and I understand a lot of it is underground, but where on the moon would you say this base is? I mean, does Corey Good or any of the whistleblowers ever kind of say like, you know, well, it's on the dark side of the moon, that's why you can't see the bases with a telescope. You know, what's kind of their story about where it's hanging out at? Because I would assume if you're trying to watch everything, you'd probably want to be on the part of the moon that's facing the Earth, so you could physically see like what's going on. And I do believe it is on the dark side, but I think I've heard Corey say that if you were to look at the moon, one of these LOC bases would be 10 o'clock. And that is a common area where people actually do catch these weird UFO things coming off of the moon all the time. But a big part of it also is being able to cast these mirages over the moon so you cannot see what's happening. And I know we have talked about that in the past. Do you remember that video we talked about? Well, what's funny is I, it's like you read my mind sometimes because my next question was gonna be, if there are bases on the side of the moon that we can physically see, you know, the, the light side of the moon as we call it, would kind of a way that they masked these things would be to use these like, you know, giant camouflage devices, mm -hmm. which reminds me of that video where you see kind of that strange statically line go over the moon like someone had a hologram and it like maybe had a little glitch in the download and, you know, had to correct itself. That was proof for a lot of people that argue flat earth mm -hmm. that, you know, everything is a projection because it looks like a projection. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not the only video, but that was a really popular video last year. Yeah, it was I've like a wave. Yeah, almost. I've seen I've seen a few of them, like a few different people who do them. And it's, it's honestly, it's fascinating to see it because you just, you want to watch that small clip over and over and over again to really understand what this weird, you know, glitch is that's going on and why it's, it's not anywhere else. And it's not like it's going across the whole screen, you know, it's just across the moon and it's so strange looking. It really is. And that's the only way I can imagine that this operation that they talk about could work is if most of it was kept on the dark side and then the rest is a mirage over. Mm -hmm. And that will most likely leak into when we talk about Mars eventually. But to me, that's the only way because everybody has telescopes mm -hmm. and we can look up at the moon all the time. And yes, again, people have caught some strange UFOs coming to and fro, but mm -hmm. that's really the only way I can see how this whole thing could make sense or could be under wraps. Absolutely. I'll agree with you on that one. So this LOC has turned into a pretty big deal quite a ginormous operation here. Mm -hmm. We've got the Germans, we've got Americans, now we have other nations appearing. And I think the most interesting detail to the story is this whole notion of an ancient race being there before and then building on top of those structures. It sounds very like Gobegli Tepe to me, where like they mm, like layers, like like yeah, like the layers, like something important was there, and they were like, well, we should also build on top of where the something was important was to continue it on, and also that there are parts where they have left untouched because it looks as if there was destruction there at one point. The story is that whoever these beings were, if that was like the ancient builder race you hear about, or, you know, if you want to go like all Anunnaki, the people that created us, or like just some random other ET species that happened to hang out there in the past. Mm -hmm. If they once had something there, something horrible happened to the point where maybe there was a war or something, things were crumbled away. Mm -hmm. So they left that there as a reminder and it's become a neutral zone. So it is a space where other factions that might not get along with each other 
leave it be. This is the one stop zone where you can come and go and everyone pretty much needs to mind their own business. Like there's no one-on-one -on -one fights or anything like that there. So this is like the United Nations, but the Space United Nations? Exactly, there you go. I like that. It's, it's like a peaceful airport. It's Switzerland. Well, you know what? That's very funny because I've also heard of the whole map of Antarctica, how it's kind of split up with mm -hmm. all these different nations that we have mm -hmm. and that's also a neutral zone, mm -hmm. that it's pretty much like that on the moon. Oh. So it's split up with all these different nations and groups, but it's a it's a neutral zone. I have seen people that remote view the moon bases and talk about the LOC, and it's interesting. I have heard a couple different descriptions of it. It could be just different parts. I've also heard of people that have memories of being there, which mm -hmm. is very interesting. But if this was to go back way into ancient times, something that was built since the 30s and perhaps had been going on for much longer before that, then it makes me think about what the purpose of the whole moon was in general. Was our moon a built satellite from the beginning to be used as this lookout point, this point of to and from our planet to other planets. I know we've talked about before on whether or not it was something that's been manufactured, created, but that would be very interesting if those things are linked, like if it's always been meant for this purpose. You know, and I feel like if my memory serves me correctly, both of us think that the moon was brought here, that we think it's an artificial thing that was like, you know, towed over here by some weird, you know, spaceship tow truck. <laughs> exactly. And I think that even in that, our, la our, our Moon 1.0 episode, you know, we even kind of made comments about how it had to have been a satellite and it was put there for surveillance reasons. Whether or not the moon itself is the satellite that's surveying or that it was used as a body of mass in order to put things on it to survey the area. So what if it was... Both? Not only just both, but put there by that ancient race that they found the ruins of. Mm -hmm. And then now in more modern times, we've just built on top of that and sort of used it for the same reasons. <sighs> Can I say that I kind of have a little bit of a hard time with the ancient moon ruins situation going on here? It's hard for me to think that something happened on the moon and we have these ruins there when there's like a perfectly fine planet, literally like a stone's throw away that they could have had this war on. You know what I mean? I would think if anything, the war or like some huge catastrophe would have happened here on Earth and then they retreated to the moon. You know what I mean? To be saved from it. So the whole ruins thing is a little bit strange to me. And it makes me not buy into the story, I think, as much as I would have if they would have left something like that out. Because it makes me think like, okay, so then if there was an ancient race on the moon and they all died, first of all, A, if we're talking like this big shit, like there's millions of all these alien nations up on the moon, somebody has to know what happened. Well, who's to say they died and they didn't just bounce out? And that's like shit I hit the fan there and they're like, fuck this place, we're out of here. I mean, who knows how old the moon or this universe really is? Oh, no, I agree with you on that. The only way I can spin it to make me believe it to be real with the ruins, and hear me out on this one because I think you might like it. What if there was a Space United Nations there that was this neutral place, but then like the Draco Reptilians or something were like, fuck your guys' treaty, we're going to fuck shit up. And then everything blew up, right? So then everyone's scattered away from the planet, whatever, millions of years later, they're like, oh yeah, you guys, there's this planet. It has this dope satellite. It used to, back in the day, be this place. Let's rebuild it. Now that makes sense to me. 
I think it would be interesting to know the full story. And maybe we should do a little bit more research and dig up on Corey Good and maybe find somewhere where he's talking about specifically these ruins to maybe get the full story of what it is. But as of right now, I'm going to say I'm not into it, but I believe all the other shit. Think about all the weird shit that they see on Mars. Fucking old, old shit like pyramids and stuff. Stuff that looks like it's from ancient times. I mean, so I will say that I buy into the theory about that, like, Mars used to be another Earth and we destroyed it. And that's why we're here on Earth now. Is that something you buy into? I don't know. Really? Because it makes me think about all of, like, the, you know, the ruins and stuff that are up there. And we're not even going to dispute it. I 100% believe that shit to be real. Like, there is obviously people have seen pictures and weird ruins and weird all sorts of things. Obviously, something was on the surface. I would assume that like the millions of years that the planet's been left alone and like, you know, the the sun's rays and radiation or whatever have clearly made everything like, you know, down to dust. It's not like we're going to see tons of it, you know, but it makes me think like, hmm, well, if we were a planet and everything was going to shit, I mean, logically, we would just look to the next planet that had any sort of habitability probability going on. And I would assume that if they had the know-how to space travel to Earth, that they probably had the know-how to maybe terraform a little bit. And so why not just jump to the next planet and start Mm -hmm. over? So it always makes me laugh when I hear people like Elon Musk or people who are like, you know, we're going to build a civilization on Mars. And it it always makes me giggle because I'm like, we've probably already been there and ruined it once. Like, why are you trying to go back? Why are you trying to go back, guys? Yeah, (laughs) We already flopped. And then... There's this huge debacle between people talking about terraforming Mars, right? Yeah. People who don't know what terraforming is, basically it means we'd plant a bunch of trees and like make an atmosphere so that we could live there. What's funny about it, and I hear a lot of people say this, is is like, if we're going to put all this time and money and resources into terraforming Mars, why don't we just terraform Earth? Like, why don't we just fix Earth? It would be cheaper and would take way less time than it would to get us all to Mars and to terraform it and to start over in some weird environment that we can't even breathe in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The only way I can think why they would be into taking the longer route is because then they can choose who they're bringing to that planet. And as of now, they have to stay with all the pieces of shits that are here that Mm -hmm. are probably not going to jump on the eco bandwagon. But I feel like if us as a society went to Mars and started like a colony there and stuff, I think that that would open up the door to space travel in general. And then I think in turn would mean that there's obviously other things on planets. So like, I think maybe that would cut out the whole like picking and choosing who's living on a planet because I think once we go to one planet, you're opening up the possibility to every planet in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like it's it's you're digging the rabbit hole and then you find quicksand and then all of a sudden you're like neck deep in some shit and you're like, oh my God, how do we get here? And that's just one of the theories that we could talk about. With the secret space program, it's the same shit like the moon, but more. There's people there. There's factions there. But we're not talking about Mars in this episode, even though we have been. All right, let's bring it back to the moon. Why don't you tell me a little bit of what Corey Good says is up there on this LOC? Apparently, this LOC, how it began, it was shaped like a swastika. Oh, fun. And then they've kind of built it and shaped it a little different, but it is apparently overall in the shape of a swastika. Do you think that they always kept the warm air on? (laughs) That's fucked up, (laughs) too. Kind of like like how how we worded that. that. Warm air on. You didn't say, like, do you think they're always baking there? Do you think uh, the ovens are always running? Do you think it's kind of like how we fill in this warm box we're in right now? Exactly. Oh, my God. And um, the base is inside of a giant crater at the end. And from what 
he could see is that the layers going down into these levels, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is almost shaped like a bell. So it just kind of gets larger. He can't see the entire thing going down, nor has he been invited, I believe, to all these areas. I imagine with anyone who's allowed to come to and fro to this base on the moon, it still has to be very highly compartmentalized within itself. So there's got to be only certain places that you are allowed to go and you are allowed to see, right? Because why would you, everyone, just have, like, full access? I mean, I would assume, like, it's hard. I guess maybe I don't know this, you know, the structure, like, the back of my hand. I don't know the blueprints. So I would assume, possibly, like, if we're if we're talking, like, this is maybe similar to Dulce, I would say that every level somebody else, like, another alien nation has it, right? So I would assume that if you're from Earth, you probably couldn't like just stroll on down to the Venus level and walk in there all silly nilly. I would assume that just like the United Nations, there's probably some like meeting hall where everyone has a certain seat that they sit in when they get together and do things. But for the most part, all these nations are sticking to themselves unless they're having some sort of meetings. So I wouldn't really see a point with somebody having access to all these areas unless, you know, they had a certain job that detailed that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you are, you know, like a prime minister thing or, or like, you know, the it's a, a, a somebody who's appointed to that position. It's like, listen, I know that you're that we're from Earth, but you're the liaison for any information between us and Uranus. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a big job. Yeah, it's like, and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and so I could see maybe a little bit of that where you have going on, but I wouldn't necessarily think that all of these people have the same, you know, right, access like to everywhere. It's not like you have a fucking multi-pass and you're just like every door, I'm swiping. like, swiping away, like, oh, I'll, I'll go here, oh, I'll go here, oh, here. I also feel like they don't have swipey cards and everything would be like weird facial recognition, but I don't know. I don't know what alien faces look like. I don't know how that works. Me either. Biometric data. It's very confusing. But it's interesting that you say that because I do remember way back in the very beginning when Corey started telling his story. In the very, very, like, I'm talking, like, maybe first couple episodes when he talked about his story. And he talked about going to the LOC. That he wasn't very prepared to do so. And he had just thrown on a NASA cap and his daughter had painted a a dinosaur on On his his hand hand or some shit. and, And it was basically in a meeting hall like you're talking where it's just like one person from each group of each nation or they had said something like why do you have that stupid cover on your hat like because it said NASA, NASA. Mm-hmm. and then they're like why do you got like a reptilian on your hand or some shit like that because mm-hmm. it was like a little lizard dragon or whatever the fuck it was dinosaur mm-hmm. but it's that is interesting that it was pretty much like a meeting hall where all these people are gathering one from each nation wearing all kinds of different stuff do you think that we can get a press pass and we could go oh, up yeah, there right. and like ask some questions? We can't even get a press pass for something <laughs> here in California. It's true. You it's never true. know though. Apply. You know what? I'm going to put it out there now. Uh, Secret Space Program, if you're listening, we would like two press passes to the LOC. You can choose how you get us there. Teleport, spaceship, you know, whatever, astral projection, whatever whatever your heart desires. But, like, we'd like to go and just, like, poke around and maybe ask, like, you know, maybe, like, a tall white Zeta or, you know, maybe, like, the Pleiadians a few questions. And then we'll come back and everything and, like, you could blindfold us. You don't have to tell us how to get there or anything. But, you know... We would like to just have a little few chit-chats here and there. We really would. So, overall, I don't know. I buy bits and pieces of it. I'm leaving the story open for my mind to decide. Mm -hmm. I most likely will never decide if I believe the whole thing or not. I think it's also impossible in order to do so because we have not been there. I doubt they're going to grant us a pass to go. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, unless you see it with your own eyes, who knows? 
But I think that that's kind of been a theme overall with a lot of our episodes that we talk about, that no matter how much evidence or information is out there, unless you have some sort of personal experience, none of it matters. Yeah. So I think that that's the case. I think that we like it. It's a cool story. It's Mm -hmm. magical. And there's bits and pieces of it. You know, we believe 50% of it. But until we see it with our own eyes, who fucking knows? But I'm ready to see it with my eyes. Oh, I know. My third eye. Oh, my God. So let us know. What do you guys think? I feel like overall we're going to get a lot of shit on Reddit that says you guys are fucking crazy. And people on Instagram will probably be like, oh, yeah, totally. Basis on the moon. Yeah. You know what? Um, I enjoy the angry Reddit comments. It makes more people listen to our podcast. So I'm fine with that. Angry comment away. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. We have now angry commented back to people before we were being polite. (laughs) And we were just, like, not answering or, like, not saying anything. But now, like, if you tell me that my voice is annoying, I'll look into your Reddit past and, you know, find out something about you and then yell an insult. So enjoy it. I've heard that so many times. I'm, like, so over it. What? Oh, my God, your voice or the way that you talk. I don't even care anymore. I feel like the old me would, like, really be bothered by these comments. But now I'm just like, I don't fucking care. No. That's how you know that we're ready for YouTube. (sighs) I've been molded. (laughs) Thank you, Reddit. It's all due to you. I give credit to my haters. (laughs) No, but it's true, though. I think that when you make something, you're very sensitive about it. And you're very sensitive to people's comments. But then I think it gets to the point where people keep making comments. And then you're just like, okay, I know. Now it doesn't hurt my feelings anymore. How about you tell me something I don't know and actually hurt Mm -hmm. my feelings? You know what I mean? We still out here. So let's move on. All right, guys. Let's get away from the, the hateful burn of the haters and go over to the cooler side of the episode. Factor sci-fi. All right, this week's Factor Sci-Fi is the Sasquatch Genome Project. So it's a group of scientists down in Texas who have collected a bunch of samples from who other than Bigfoot. (laughs) And all of these samples come from all over the United States and other parts of the world, and people sent all these samples in, and these scientists went out and did DNA testing. The DNA testing was done by an independent lab. They have independent lab technicians and DNA people looking over it in addition to the group of scientists who was in charge of it. And they basically came out and said, hey, Bigfoot has similar DNA to human, but it's not like 100% human, but it's like human-ish and it's a real thing. You can go onto their website and you can see the physical data that they have from all of these tests and things like this. They have a very nice frequently asked question section where they, you know, where they talk about like, oh, um, but like, is it real scientific testing? And they, they answer back like, oh, yeah, duh, it is. <laughs> and the thing is, is that it really does sound like that. If you go to this page and you're reading it, like the questions will sound like, uh, I'm just asking a question. And their answer is very like, okay, and here's the answer, what next? Like, they seem very irritated to answer a lot of these questions, and it's really funny. And even when you go into the data and you can read, like, some peer review, like, essays and stuff about the test results and things, and it's so funny because the Sasquatch Genome Project, like, somebody will be like, oh, so, you know, um, I like your point here, but, like, I don't like this point here, and here's why I don't like it. Then they went back in and, like, was like, okay, well, I see what you're saying, but... And then they go and, like, go off on him about how they're wrong, and it's like... Damn. It seems a little aggressive to me, is what I'm saying. I kind of understand where the aggression's coming from, because I assume that everyone's like, oh, you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we're really not. So I get the aggression. But personally, to me, the website itself comes off super, super smug, and, like, they're just kind of full of shit because they're so heavily, like, aggressive towards people about, like... No, this is what it is. Stop asking stupid questions and just accept it. I kind of like it, though. 
I know. See, and I knew you were gonna like that. And I'm kind of like, uh, just when you read it, you get like a weird. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna a, have to read it. I haven't have checked it. out the website. What's the website? It's sasquatchgenomeproject.org. Easy peasy. Yeah, check it out. Look at it. I wish that I was like a DNAologist. I'm sure there's a different word for that, but like I like, I wish I was like a DNA person so I could go over these test results and really understand it. I can't, unfortunately. I don't know anything about the shit, but it's very interesting. So are you facting it or are you sci-fying it? Oh. Ooh, yeah. you're a middle bitch. All right. I have to middle bitch it because one, I think that Bigfoot's real. Sasquatch, all of it, whatever. I think I've said more than once on this podcast, I'm convinced that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being. That is just my stance. People can argue with me. That's what I think it is. So I think Bigfoot's real. Do I think that they have Bigfoot's DNA? Maybe. Do I think that these test results could be true? Maybe. But I don't know. I have no fucking idea. But I want to believe that they have Bigfoot DNA, and I, I believe in believe. Bigfoot. So I'm going to have to middle bitch myself because I don't want to say no or yes because I believe in Bigfoot. I just don't believe these scientists quite. I completely agree. I middle bitch, too. Wow. You believe in Bigfoot, but then again, no one can catch the fucker. We believe it's interdimensional. I find it hard to believe that they took random samples from everyone who says that they have a sample of Bigfoot's DNA and then they came to a conclusion that yes. It is. Well, how is it that you can get Bigfoot's DNA, but you can't get Bigfoot? You That's know what, I'm, what saying? I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. So I'll, bil- I'll middle bitch it too, because I would be delighted if it were true. And I won't be shocked if it's not. All right. So we have some of our patrons who have weighed in on this subject. AP at Weather Tradition says fiction. And I say, how come? Because, you know, it's explained to me a little bit. And she actually has a very interesting answer that I'm not mad about. She just goes, I just have a gut feeling is all. Sometimes you got to go with your gut. And then she also follows it up with, she thinks it's a huge ape. Maybe she's not into Bigfoot at all. Okay, so then we have Pinball Bobby, who is Bobby from Not For Everyone podcast. And I don't know if you guys know this. I know a few of our listeners listen to their shit, but they pretty much bring up Bigfoot every episode. And it angers Adam very deeply. So, of course, Bobby had to comment on here. He said, fact so hard. I've mulled over the Sasquatch question my entire life. Them shits are real. And then he says, right, Vonart13? So he tags Adam in it. Adam comes back and comments, and he says quackery, which I find is really funny. And then someone else who isn't involved with us at all, or where I don't know where this person came from, but he came out and commented back to Adam and said, uh, a duck-human hybrid indeed. Hmm, okay. Which I thought was funny. So then I commented, you know Bigfoot is real, and I put a duck. Then Adam closed up this thread by saying, hashtag I want to believe. That's it. Those are the only patrons who said anything to us. So remember, if you guys are patrons, let us know. We'll read your shit on air. I feel like overall maybe we're weighed more towards... I think we're... I mean, like, if we take everyone's... Consensus? Yeah, like... Then um, we'd have to lean on the fact side. No. Yeah, everyone says fact other than one person. But then we're... I know, that's what I'm saying. So I think we just have to middle bitch it. Hmm, All right. All right, Brie. I feel like a very serious need and urge to, like, raise my vibrations. Do you have anything for that? I do. Conscious quote of the day. Today's conscious quote of the day is by Abraham Hicks. Use whatever excuse you can to vibrate in harmony with those things you've been saying you want. And when you do... Those things that are a vibrational equivalent flow into your experience in abundance. Not because you deserve it, not because you've earned it, but because it's a natural consequence of the law of attraction. That which is like unto itself is drawn. That actually really vibes with me well this week because I feel like 
we're gearing up for our summertime. We're putting a lot of good vibrations out there and hoping that a few kind of hooks go out and sink into some positivity and that we can bring it back towards us. So I'm pretty pumped. That quote definitely raised my vibration. What do you think? (laughs) Vibed up. I got vibed up. They won't let me out. It's like I got locked up. (laughs) I had this idea last week because when we were doing Gary McKinnon, for some reason, the entire time I was editing, I kept kept thinking in my head, they see me hacking, (laughs) they hating, trolling, trying to catch me hacking, NASA. And then I kept going, trying to catch me hacking, hacking, NASA. NASA. Trying to catch me hacking, I love that. And then I was like, we should take little clips and then of each episode— Make like a little jingle of a song since we do that anyway. We do it anyway. It's like a five-second clip where we're just like that. I like that. All right. Let's get some shout-outs. Shout-outs. To start, we're going to say hi to Jan from the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard podcast. Scotty at Scotty Doodle. Destiny at Destiny from Space. Adam from the Not For Everyone podcast. We also have Bobby, who's also from the Not For Everyone podcast. You can find him at Pinball Bobby or at Not For Everyone podcast on Instagram. And AP. We also have Matt and our newest member who's only been around for a little while now, J Plus 5. Thank you guys for your support. We could not do this without you. And if you feel like being a part of the group, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash that one time I was abducted by aliens. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you hit us up on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Shoot us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it. If a podcast can be listened to, we're there. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. And fuck you, Mountain View, California. And right before we go, let me just say, Beaver Dam is now number one listens of all times. Go Beaver Dam. Leaps and bound above anyone. That's incredible. Thank you, Beaver Dam. Love you. Love you. Good night. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Bree. This is your favorite Patreon supporter, Robert Pearson from the Not For Everyone podcast. Um, I just wanted to call and say hello directly um, using my voice rather than um, over a text message or some sort of social media forum. Um, I don't really have any kind of fun, paranormal, supernatural, alien, UFO type stories on a personal level. But, uh, Jamie, you've been bothering me incessantly to give this hotline a call, so I figured I would just call and say a couple things. One, I haven't seen much swag from you guys lately um, in, in my mailbox, though I am your favorite Patreon supporter. Uh, two, thank you for getting on Stitcher finally, because that's how I listen to most of my podcasts. And three, I just want to shamelessly plug uh, my own podcast, which is called Not For Everyone Podcast. It can be found on all podcatchers. It features me and my co-host, Adam. Uh, We have quite politically incorrect and sometimes vulgar senses of humor. We talk about popular culture, um, some fringe topics, and uh, then the back half of the podcast, we uh, spotlight a weird, obscure cult or horror movie and kind of break it down in our own fun and unique way. Um, I think it's time you and I, Jamie and Bree, uh, start cross-pollinating our audience and uh, and recommending each other's podcast. Um, thank you so much for the hotline number. This has really been a lot of fun.